My favorite part of Wichita is that we are a well-kept secret. to another episode of the Wichita Live podcast. My name is Landon. Today's sponsor is Il Primo Espresso Cafe. Il Primo is the oldest coffee shop in Wichita. With two convenient locations at Central and Woodlawn and on the ground floor of the Epic Center, you're never too far from a great cup of coffee. Go get some Il Primo today. Today's guest is Molly Allen. Molly is a licensed psychologist and has been practicing for 30 years. We talk about her journey to becoming a psychologist and how she came to use the treatment known as neurofeedback. We discuss all the positive benefits that come from this incredible, non-invasive treatment that not very many people know about. You can find Molly at River Park Psych in Wichita. Enjoy my conversation with Molly Allen. All right, so I'm here with Molly Allen. How are you doing, Molly? I'm fine. How are you, Landon? I'm doing well. Can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a licensed psychologist. Um, I've been licensed uh, to practice now for, uh, I hate to admit it, but a little under 30 years. And uh, I have a general practice here in Wichita. And I'm from this area, went to school in Colorado, then came back to practice. Very cool. Um, And where did you go to school in Colorado? Um, I went to, um, well, actually I got my undergraduate at Southwestern, and then I went to the University of Denver for my master's, and I got my doctorate from the University of Northern Colorado. Okay, so that's a lot of school. Very cool. Um, when did you move back to Kansas then? 1991. Okay, and was that Wichita or just Kansas in general? Uh, Wichita. I, um, I I applied for internships all over the country and got accepted back home here, and um, that made my mother very, very happy. I, <laughs> that well. I imagine. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that you practice is um, psychotherapy. Um. Personally, I'm an engineer by trade, um, so I don't know a whole lot about that. Can you just talk a little bit about that and um, what interested you in that in the first place? Sure. Um, you know, psychotherapy is uh, also known as counseling, and that's the interpersonal process of uh, getting across from somebody, uh, or in, in case of you know what we have to do now, telehealth, which is over the computer or over the phone. Um, but talking about coping skills, um, and um, that's basically, you know, what psychotherapy entails. Uh, so I work with a wide variety of patients, mostly on issues having to do with depression or anxiety when it comes to psychotherapy. Okay. Um, and how much of that is in person versus the telehealth deal? Well, I just started with telehealth. Actually, I just had my first one um, just before talking to you today. Um, okay. We decided uh, as an office to go to telehealth for the time being. Um, And it's not my preferred way of meeting with people because I really like to get the interpersonal aspects, be able to read body language. And and it also makes a difference, you know, when people have to get up and put some effort into coming into the office. Right. That makes sense. Um, So one of the things that you reached out that you thought would be um, interesting for the Wichita um, audience and Wichita in general is one of the services that you now offer, which is the EEG based um, biofeedback or neurofeedback. Can you talk about that a little bit? Right. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't know anything about neurofeedback until about four years ago. I went to a continuing education event um, to get my, my continuing education credit that so we need to have every two years. Uh-huh. And um, the presenter um, spoke for the, uh, at that event on uh, neurofeedback. And I've been doing this a long time, like I said, and not too many things really blow me away. Um, uh, and this blew me away. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's uh, a technology-based um, approach to helping people um, improve how their brains function. And um, it is, uh, li- like, uh, like the name implies, it's based on EEGs, so, which most people under- you know, understand a little bit about what that is. That's, that's measuring how you, your brain waves are working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so I went to this event, uh, learned about it, was intrigued. Um, a few weeks later, I had occasion to refer a patient to that psychologist. So I mm-hmm. called her up and uh, said, hey, I want, want this person to come over to the office and try this. And, and by the way, I also want to try it myself. Right. Um, the reason why I wanted to try it is because I have a neurological condition that, amongst other things, had resulted in me having insomnia. Okay. And I, I knew that I was eventually going to have to get off of the prescription medications that I really needed in order to get sleep. And so uh, I signed up with her, had an assessment, um, started doing trainings with her. And uh, after about 16 or 17 trainings, um, that night I went to sleep on my own without the use of prescription medication. And I haven't had any now in uh, almost three years. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it worked really well for me. I continued working with her on some other issues that I wanted to improve. Mm-hmm. And um, then... Um, she uh, contacted me. We took a little break after after I'd had around around thirty or so sessions. I wanted to take a little break for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she contacted me a couple months later and explained to me that she was getting ready to move back home to Florida. So I hurried up and went in to finish up what I could before she left. Yeah. And uh, that process, uh, I said, you know, I'm so impressed with how this works that I really would like to train to do this. And I was naive at first about what the training would entail. And mm-hmm. it's a lot. Uh, it's, it's a lot to learn the technology. Uh, it's a lot to learn all the, uh, the process of using the equipment. Um, but I decided that I was going to commit to doing that. I went off to um, do a, a course in Austin, Texas. And uh, I earned 40 credit hours in five days. Wow. So, um, yeah. So, um, um and uh, came back, purchased my equipment, and got set up. And so I've been doing neurofeedback now for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have just a little under 400 sessions under my belt. Uh, and uh, I'm working with a mentor on uh, you know, continuing to improve my skills. I'm studying for my board exams. Um, and I really, really enjoy doing this work because uh, I've seen it um, – create some improvements for patients that are um, really impressive. Um, and uh, the way that this works is that uh, we do an EEG, which uh, you don't have to have a medical degree to do an EEG. Once you're trained how to do it, um, mm-hmm. it's not an invasive test. Okay. Um, and then uh, we take the EEG information and run it through um, some filters in a, in a computer program. Mm-hmm. And it... Um, 
compares the uh, results from the EEG to a very large database of people who do not have any psychological symptoms and uh, compares that this individual's, you know, if I do an EEG on this individual, their EEG to those individuals and shows us how far off they are from normal in a okay. variety of areas. And um, so uh, if, if you go to a neurologist and you get an EEG, they're mostly looking to see if you've got like a tumor or you have um, seizures. Right. And if you either, but they say, oh, you don't have tumors or seizures, you do have some you know, these results over here and these particular brain waves are not in the average range, but they look like they're just typical for you. So by, you know, we can't really do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Well, we do some things for people. Um, uh, neurofeedback's been around for almost 50 years now. Wow. And the technology is, the technology is uh, steadily improving over time. Uh, we can do a whole lot more than they could do in the early days now. Um so uh, what we do is take a look at how far off you know your brain waves are from normal. Where exactly are they off from normal? Mm-hmm. And set up a treatment plan for for that individual. And um, sometimes I use the word the word treatment and training uh, interchangeably, but it's more it's closer to training actually, because I'm not adding anything to your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not adding anything to your brain what i'm doing in effect is uh like a personal trainer would i'm showing your brain what it's doing and asking it to do something different and um so it's like if you go to the gym and you're working out with a personal trainer and they point out when you're looking in the mirror see where your your shoulders are at i need you to move them or i need you to move back sure and in neurofeedback what we're doing is we're showing your brain in effect what it's doing and saying okay you know, need you to need to nudge you over here in this direction more. And the feedback part is um, actually kind of fun for the participants, uh, for the patients. Um, it's either uh, videos of some sort, usually movies or games uh, or music. And mm-hmm. if I'm using videos of some sort, like uh, like a movie, then uh, I explain to them your goal is to be able to see the movie. And when your brain waves are not where we've agreed we want them to be, then the screen's going to fill up with usually fuzz. You're not going to be able to see the movie. And sure. your goal is to be able to see the movie. So their brain figures out how to get to that point where it can see the movie. And uh, it's kind of fun on my end when I have somebody new in the chair working on neurofeedback to watch their brain figure it out because I can see their brain figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the trick is that most brains are, are going to say, oh, okay, so I did that. So now I get to see the movie. Well, the trick is you got to keep doing that. Sure. So, and then the brain figures out after you know a few minutes. It's like, oh, you want me to still do that thing that I was doing where I can see the movie. Interesting. So, okay. Uh, how long yeah. is one of those sessions? Um, it's uh, The whole thing is about... A, about an hour, just a little less than an hour. They're actually doing the, the training part of it for about half an hour because I've got to have time to right. uh, get them set up and then to um, take the equipment off of their head. And the equipment is really simple. It's just like a, uh, it's uh, uh, some uh, discs that we connect to the scalp with conductive paste. It's okay. just this kind of that looks like very, very thick hair gel, like you know, molding mm-hmm. paste you'd use for your hair. It connects to their scalp. And, um, so, um, I want to put the, 
those uh, those electrodes in a very particular spot on the brain, so or in the head. So I uh, I have a, a little cap that I put on their head that has holes in it uh, for various uh, spots where we can attach those uh, those electrodes, and I just mark up their head with a what I like to use is an eyebrow pencil because it usually works pretty well on most people's heads um, mm-hmm. and washes off pretty well, pretty easily too. So I mark up their head, uh, uh, get the electrodes attached and uh, we do the training. And then afterwards, then I clean the paste off their head because um, it's kind of sticky. And mm-hmm. uh, and also I have a couple of them on their ears too. Um, and uh, I explain to people, you don't have any brainwaves coming out of your ears, I hope, but the purpose of <laughs> a couple electrodes on your ears is so that then I can measure whether or not we're getting a lot of muscle tension or if there's some kind of electrical device nearby that's interfering with what my equipment's trying to read. Um, so it takes about an hour okay. each, uh, each, each training. Um, and I also explain to people in advance that it's not a one and done thing. It's not right. like, I mean, if you want to learn to play the piano, you don't go into a piano teacher's um, studio and take one lesson, and then you're playing Beethoven, you know, mm-hmm. problem. Um, it takes your brain a while to figure some of this process out. Like I said, uh, it took me about 16, 17 sessions for my my uh, brain to figure out how to how to achieve that transition into sleep that I was not able to do before. Sure. So, and how frequently are those sessions? So you said you went kind of 16 or 17 times at one point. Was that like once a week, twice a week? What does that look like? I did once a week. Um, I preferred when I'm working with patients is twice a week. Okay. Uh, we give the brain, you know, some, some concentrated, you know, pretty frequent kind of feedback about what it's doing um, so that it can get to work faster. Um, I have heard of substance abuse treatment programs that use neurofeedback that have their folks doing uh, training every single day, which is okay. You can yeah. do that. But I do explain to people, you know, if you do the trainings more frequently, you might be kind of tired because it's a lot of work for your brain to do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it does make me think. I I play a little bit of guitar now, but I played a little bit growing up. And I think when I I had a teacher back in elementary school and she would always say, like, yes, you could practice an hour once a week, but it might be better to do it 10 minutes or 15 minutes a day just to kind of keep that repetition. So that is interesting that both approaches work, but same idea. Yeah. Yeah, same idea. Yeah, and, you know, the, the goal with this is to teach your brain how to self-regulate better than it is doing now. Um, and folks come in and they say, well, how is this different than me taking medication for ADHD or my mood problem? Um, and what I explained to them is that the medication is going to work for you. It's going to change your brainwaves only for as long as it's on board because it's kind of pushing your brainwaves to be a different way. Right. Your brain has not learned anything by taking the medication, how to do that on its own. So what we work on is your brain learning how to do it on its own. Um, This is different than those brain training games that you might see on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, Those can be kind of helpful. um, But the difference is that your brain's learning a skill with those brain training games. This is not a skill that your brain's learning. Your, your brain is learning how to get its its operating system in better balance right. so that it can function right. Sure. How many sessions 
I mean, I'm sure you can somewhat tell the difference after one, but again, like you said, it would take multiple sessions, but how many sessions does it usually take to start seeing, um, I don't know, noticeable progress? It varies from person to person. Mm -hmm. Um, um, you know, if I do a particular kind of music based training, most people say at the end of that one that they're, uh, super relaxed and feel more focused. Um, uh, and that can linger, um, those effects can linger from that. And most people take at least five to 10 to start noticing effects. Sure. Um, what we like to explain to people is that a standard, um, suggested round of treatment is, um, about 40 sessions plus periodic assessments to track mm -hmm. how your brain. And if you think about it, yeah, that makes sense you know it's going to take a while it's going to take practice for your brain to be able to do what it needs to do to be better um folks that have had traumatic brain injuries we can have some positive impact on them as well they may take longer um because they've had some damage to tissue in there so some of the workarounds may take longer to establish and maintain uh, you know i can't i can't rebuild tissue that you've lost in your brain but if your brain waves are out of balance mm -hmm. because that tissue has been damaged we can certainly help your brain to find workarounds to find a better way to balance itself sure um so what again so you mentioned a few things um like sleep for yourself um sleep oh. issues um adhd um, I think I did a little bit of research before this, and I think I saw that PTSD. What other um, type of mental disorders or mental issues could this be beneficial for? Or what type of client would typically come to you? Yeah, PTSD and related to that, mood problems, anxiety, depression, um, memory issues, um, uh, headaches, like migraine headaches, uh -huh. um, there is a really cool process that we can do, and it can be possible to um, train away somebody's headache in the moment, you know, if they're having a headache in that moment, in about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and um, because there is a there's certain brain wave patterns that have gotten out of balance mm -hmm. at, that, at that time, and if we um, tweak those a little bit, um, then that headache tends to go away. And then over time, um, if you come in for regular training, then you may have a, a lowered tendency to have migraine headaches. One, one, one effect that I noticed after I'd gone through about, you know, I'd done about 36, 37 um, trainings uh, total, and um, uh, I usually get headaches when I fly. I, I don't know if it's the pressure of the, mm -hmm. the cabin, or uh, I think it may be, you know, when I get a whiff of that jet engine fuel, it just, you know, sets mm -hmm. off a, a little allergic reaction and just I get a migraine. Sure. So, um, and so normally I will take a migraine pill to prepare for the, the, the um, ride on the airplane. I forgot to do that before I went off to Texas. Mm -hmm. And I landed, got to the hotel and thought, now wait a minute, I almost always get a headache when I fly, I did not get a headache. So, and I have really not had that many migraines. I still get them occasionally, but not as many as I used to, not nearly as many as I used to. Yeah. Wow. So that's improved. Hmm. That is yeah. interesting. Helps with chronic pain. Uh, um, anything your brain can basically operate, which is almost everything. Um, sure. it can help. With. So, um, we try not to, to, um, 
to overpromise for people. You know, right. it's like if, uh, you know, if, if uh, you uh, have a tendency to be grouchy, you might still have a, a tendency to be somewhat grouchy, but it's probably going to be better, you know, if you do neurofeedback. Um, you know, if you, you know, you're going to have bad days. Everybody has bad days. It right. doesn't make life. Uh, so, and it's really not, not that much hocus pocus when you start to think about it. It's like, it's, 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 it's like showing your brain it's EEG and saying, okay, this over here fixed this. But, you know, the squiggly lines on a screen don't really mean much, but, you know, trying to watch a, uh, episode of uh, a TV program on like Amazon Prime and, you know, in order to be able to see it, you got to, you got to fix your brainwaves. It's like, okay, that I understand being right. able to watch that episode of that program on the screen. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. And I think a lot of people um, are starting to realize the effects of um, all the prescription medications. Like a lot of people are on countless medicines. So if you could get off one or two of them, even by doing this, that's a benefit. Right, right. Um, you know, yeah, because they, they do have effects, you know, other undesirable effects on the body. And so, um, yeah, if, if, if it's possible to get your brain to not need them any longer, then great. But when people come in, when they're on psychiatric medications, um, uh, I don't prescribe. I don't give them advice about the medications. What I tell them is to try to notice the effects of the medication, notice how they change, when they change over time, because they probably will. Um, and then to be prepared to talk to their uh, medication provider about adjusting them as they go along. But I don't, sure. I don't suggest to people, oh, hey, in order to do neurofeedback, go off your medication. Because right. I don't really a bunch of really miserable people running around out there until yeah. they're, you know, the training really kicks in and right. it, it, it has the brain function better. Um, speaking of side effects or downsides, are there, have there been, or are there any side effects or downsides to doing this? I know it's non-invasive, but have there been any, um, side effects or anything like that? Um, depending on, um, what spots in the brain that you train and how you train them. Um, for example, if I tried to slow down your brain waves that are in your frontal lobes, which are right behind your forehead, mm -hmm. if I tried to slow them down, you'd probably have difficulty um, focusing at work. Okay. Um, it's a bad idea to slow them down. Sure. Um, just slow them down too much. I mean, if, if they're just like, you know, like a, a, a hamster in the hamster wheel who's just had too many espressos, then, you know, maybe slow them down a bit. But most <laughs> of the time, we have to be really careful with that about, you know, slowing down the frontal lobe because generally they're just, they're, they're, they're not, they're not, uh, working fast enough to keep up with what we need them to do in terms of organizing our abilities. Um, you know, if I, uh, if I trained certain parts of the brain that are more responsible for emotional controls, if I overtrained those areas, you know, in the wrong speed of brainwaves, then that individual might feel emotionally flat. Like, you know, they, sure. they just could feel much anything at all. I don't want to do that. So I depend on people's feedback to me about how is this making you feel, you know, what, right positives or negatives um and uh we don't necessarily just jump to and and you know immediately change the treatment plan just because they come in and say well you know and you know last night just kind of made me a little irritable and stick with it a bit you know if if we've got the um the sensors in the right spot and we're training the appropriate things it might be that your brain is just used to a normal that is dysfunctional and until it gets used to a better normal 
it, it, it just might feel like, oh, this is weird. I don't like this. Well, okay. It's because it's normal and your brain hasn't been normal. So. Sure. Um, speaking of, I mean, all of the various benefits of this, has this been used at all to, or has it been effective at all in battling like Alzheimer's? Um, I've seen some research out there. I'm not really that familiar with the ins and outs of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And what Alzheimer's is, is a a problem with those individual brain cells that um, have a lot of debris in them. So Mm -hmm. I can't do anything about that. Right. Um, That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Now there may be other effects from it. You know, if you've got somebody who tends to be really, you know, very, very, irritable because of some of the effects from their Alzheimer's and you know we might be able to make a dent in that but we have to be really cautious right that makes sense yeah um so speaking of ADD ADHD anxiety um kind of mood swings and all all, all these mental conditions do you think there's been an increase in the past I don't know 10 20 30 years um compared to what it was or was it maybe more taboo to talk about or has um, kind of technology and social media made that more abundant or has it always been kind of the same? Um, you know, I don't know that there's been necessarily any increase in um, ADHD and we call anxiety and depression affective disorders as in, you know, feeling disorders. Um, I don't know that there's been any, any increase in those conditions. Um, uh, in the general population, I think that we are simply more sensitive to them now. Mm-hmm. Um, any kind of maybe slight changes in, in how much people are, you know, experiencing may be due to the fact that we, um, we live in a digital world and I think we're very, very quick to compare ourselves to what we think is the normal and ordinary out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we don't look as good as we think we ought to because we don't look like somebody in a magazine, then right. we can start to down on ourselves. Um, when, in fact, that person probably has a whole team of stylists, you know, right. and airbrushed exactly. results. So um, uh, I think that, you know, we, we t- do tend to have, um, you know, kids on a, on a lot of electronic devices consuming media that uh, in some way trains them to expect the world to be ever uh, entertaining. And it's not. Sometimes there are some really, you know, dull things that you have to deal with in the day-to-day world. So, um, sure. um, but I, you know, back in the old days before we had um, a lot of the modern medications to deal with depression and anxiety, there were a whole lot of miserable people walking around out there right i'm glad we have you know medications available and other tools available too like neurofeedback sure um that's i mean that's really cool i didn't know i knew very briefly just from kind of a five minute google search but that was a really awesome um, description and explanation you gave and i'm excited to let more people hear about that yeah great you know it's um one thing to keep in mind is that most uh, providers who do neurofeedback don't take private health insurance for it because health insurance would pay me about 10 to 20% of what I charge, which is not a sustainable business practice. Um, But it's important for people to realize it's kind of like, this is an investment in you being able to do better and be better. And it's not that, you know, this is only going to be effective for as long as you're, you're actively doing the neurofeedback. I, I finished up, like I said, you know, it's almost, uh, 
going on two years ago. And the positive effects that I had from doing neurofeedback are have remained. They've been stable. So, um, so I'm pleased with the effects that I had from it. So sure. It's That's been awesome. A really positive experience for me, which is why now I'm a provider. Yeah. And it's awesome that you've been through it. So you know the benefits. You're not just pitching something you don't believe in, but you've felt the benefits firsthand. Yeah. Well, it's not something I just, you know, took a class in or read about in a book and then, okay, yeah, it seems to help other people. It's like, it's something I've, I've experienced. So right. I, I know it's people to expect. Um, so, um, and um, people can find that at, is it riverparkpsych.com? Right. And I'll link that up, um, on the, in the show notes and everything. Um, Um, but I, I do just want to switch directions a little bit. Um, I've got kind of a random question for you and then I've got a few questions that I kind of ask everybody. Um, but I'm not sure if you're familiar, but have you heard of the Neuralink? Um, it's a company that Elon Musk is invested in kind of running. Sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know for sure. What are they doing? Um, so the idea behind it, I think is to kind of merge a human brain with artificial intelligence. And so oh. uh, I was just curious if you had heard of that. Cause it, it kind of seems like a kind of an offshoot of kind of what you work on, maybe a little more invasive, but I was just curious if you had heard of that. Not much. No. Um, you know, and I think eventually we're going to be doing some of that. I think eventually we're going to have implantables that, you know, help us out with various tasks. Sure. Um, so, and, you know, it's quite possible in those days, you know, in the, in the not so distant future when people are getting ready for those implantables that then they may have to prepare their brains by doing something like neurofeedback to get the brain waves up to where they need to be. Yeah. That, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so switch it up a little bit. Um, what is something that you often recommend to people, whether that's a book or a podcast or a TV show or anything like that? Oh, wow. Um, there's, um, there's a book that I really like. It's, was not written by a psychologist. It's written by an average ordinary guy who's had really a lot of very rich life experiences. And he now is a, a relationship expert. Um, he's written a couple books. Uh, I have his second book like on pre-order through Amazon. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has um, a newsletter that he puts out. Um, I don't know if he has a podcast or not. He might. Um, um, but um, his uh, name is, oh, I'm going to get it wrong. Um, I think his name is Mark Manson. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, the name of the book is, uh, and I'm going to say this and so that it's, you know, safe for work, kind of like a, cause he's a bad word in the title. It's the subtle art of not giving an F. Yeah. I've actually, I've listened to that audiobook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, what I tell people is that, you know what, this guy's got a really cool, no-nonsense approach about, you know, stop feeling so sorry for yourself. And um, that, you know, most of the time when we're perfectionists or um, we're whining about some condition in our life, we're just being lazy and not really choosing to move forward. If you want to choose to move forward, there's going to be a little bit of discomfort in it, you know. There's no getting around that. I love it. Do you have a, a favorite failure in any aspect of your life? Uh, failure, favorite failure. Um, yeah. Um, I, uh, my master's degree is actually in divinity. I went to seminary in Denver, oh, wow. and, and my intention was to um, be a pastoral counselor through the United Methodist Church. Um uh, I realized um, 
close to the end of my program that I do not have a good temperamental fit with being a Methodist minister. Um, <laughs> and um, so I had to accept that and retool and decide to move forward. And um, I kind of got into a doctoral program um, uh, almost by accident. I wanted to, to, you know, give it a go at trying uh, at doing the application process and mm-hmm. see how it went maybe apply for real in a couple of years. And uh, because I really didn't have very high expectations for getting in, I think I was just very relaxed in the interview. And um, my peers rated me very highly in the group interview, and that's how I got in. Very cool. That's, that's interesting. Um, my GRE and my grades were nothing to write home about. I yeah. am not the smartest. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm just not. That's all right. You're good at what you do. I try. What is your definition of success? Um, success means uh, continuing, continuing, um, continuing to move forward. Uh, that means that you know if, if you don't get what you want, take a look at what you did get, and then you know uh, retool your efforts and decide to go for it again, or decide to you know desire something different, but to not not stop, not just you know life. We're not designed to stop. We're, we're designed to keep moving forward. Yeah, I love that. Um, tell me about a life motto that you live by, or what is some of the best advice that you've received? Uh, life motto, I think, would be it's, it's you know kind of like a only half formed one. It's like you know um, get up early and get the day started and do some stuff. Uh, you know, don't just you know, figure that you're going to be happy by just laying around and just, you know, kicking back and not doing anything at all. That's not what makes you happy. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, what is a habit that you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life? A habit that I've developed. Um, other than slowing down when I load the dishwasher, because my husband says that I, I absolutely do not know how to load a dishwasher, so I'm trying to be more comfortable <laughs> about how I load a dishwasher. <laughs> uh, um, I, I don't know if it counts as a habit or not, but for many, many years I've been working out regularly, and um, that's uh, partly because I have I was born with a, a, a back condition that that meant that you know if I don't if I don't keep working at strengthening muscles and working on my coordination and all that, there's a chance that that could just degrade to the point that I would lose it. So, oh, wow. um, so it's, it's, it's important to me to, you know, even though it hurts to keep working out. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, you're cutting out just a little bit. Oh, sorry. There you go. I moved the phone a little bit there. Is that there better? Go. Yep. You're good. Oh. Okay. Um, so now I just have a, a couple more questions, and these are just kind of about Wichita. So um, sure. having lived here for a little while, you probably have some good answers. Um, what is your yeah. favorite part of Wichita, or what is a, a hidden gem that you would recommend to people? Oh, boy. Uh, my favorite part of Wichita is that we are a well-kept secret. You know, it's like we're um, we're a pretty good-sized city that, that uh, other parts of the country discount, but, you know, it's like – it, the cost of living here is really reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, enough sophistication for just about anybody. Um, 
uh, and um, it's um, it's you know it's kind of nice that the rest of the world thinks we're hicks because they're not they're not like uh, clamoring to get here. Like I said, I used to live in Colorado, and yeah. people clamor to get, here and everything's way too expensive there, and it's too many people. So yeah, absolutely, uh, just just right. And Is a there... hidden gem. Um, there's there's a little French restaurant on Central called George's. Oh yeah, that's fabulous. You know, it it look it the food's great and it looks pretty. It feels like you're you're in a, a sidewalk cafe in Paris. Sure, my my brother um, and his girlfriend they got done traveling the world for a year, and um, she's actually from France, and so they went there and kind of had a big three course meal and everything. And they both said that's one of the best restaurants they've been to in any of the world. So, really, yeah, yeah, it's delightful. That's yeah, that's, another- that's one of our favorites. There's a there's a boutique that I, I admit that I am just a sucker for. Uh, it's called K Lanes. It's on the west side, okay. and so uh, I'm in there at least once a month because I'm a sucker for their loyalty program. And the <laughs> staff there are excellent, and I love clothes. And my husband says I have too many of them, but you know how could no? I never have enough to wear, so how could I have too many? That's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> Is there anything that you wish Wichita had that it doesn't, or what would you improve about Wichita if you could? Um, if we were a better draw for performing arts, you know, I think it's better with interest arena. Um, um, but sometimes we tend to get passed over by, you know, performing artists that might, you know, that make it really, you know, pleasant to be able to, 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 to just, uh, drive downtown rather than having to go to another larger city. Sure. Did, so did you see, I'm not sure if you're uh, a fan of, uh, I mean, performing arts in general or just specific kinds, but did you see that we're getting Hamilton in the next year or two? Yes, yes. That's pretty yeah. exciting. And I, I have season tickets to Theater League, and so, yeah, it's like we were going to re-up anyway, my, my friend and I, but it was like, definitely, yeah, because, yeah, I've, I've wanted to see Hamilton ever since it was on, you know, Broadway. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really pumped for that. So does that mean you fall on the side of the Century 2 debate to go ahead and tear it down and replace it? Or would you rather them just build a new performing arts center somewhere else in Wichita? Um, I would like for them to repurpose Century 2. Okay. And um, build a, uh, another one somewhere else. Uh, I think, you know, maybe it could it could fit as an aquarium. It's the right shape, you know. Right. So, but um, I, I used to do theater in high school and college, and what I understand from the professionals is that the, the backstage part, the technical part, Century 2 is woefully lacking. And if you've gone to any kind of performances, right. um, Symphony Hall, then you know, those cables that everybody trips on that you know you have to walk past to get into the to, to get to the seats, it's kind of like it's just inadequate. There's there's I'm surprised that we got Lion King back because what I right. heard is when they were Last time they said that the laundry facilities uh, next to costuming are just inadequate. So, and there's no really fixing that down there. Um, right. So, it's um, it was it was uh, set up for an era that is past. And yep. we, it, it's just not technically it's not keeping up. Now the acoustics, you know, in the symphony hall are wonderful, but technically, you know, there are right. other areas that are inadequate. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah. just one more question. What does Wichita mean to you? Um, yeah, Wichita means home. 
Uh, like I said, I lived away from here, and sometimes when people find out that I lived in Colorado for eight years, like, oh, why would you come back here? It's like, why not? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he, I could practice and have a good career um, and be able to afford a home and a lifestyle that I want. And, you know, it's like, it, it's great living here. You know, yeah, I mean, sometimes the weather's kind of dramatic, but <laughs> at least we've got seasons. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. That's what we always say. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, Molly. This was a fun conversation. I really appreciate you sitting down. Um, I will link up the River Park Psych. Is there anywhere else that people can find you, uh, Facebook or LinkedIn or anything like that, or just go to the River Park website? Yeah, I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, And that's probably the best way to find me is is through the uh, River Park Psych uh, website. And uh, right now, we're not adding any new patients until the uh, pandemic starts to um, pass. But you know, um, sure. but down there, you know, we're always welcome to you know, for people to contact us, and we have a variety of uh, therapists here on staff uh, to meet most people's needs. Awesome, perfect. Thanks again, Molly, okay. and stay safe through everything, and have a good one. Thank you. Good good luck, Landon. Right. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you again to everyone that listened to this episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. If you enjoyed, please rate and review our podcast on whatever app you use. If you have any recommendations, please reach out at wichitalifeict at gmail.com. Thanks again.